I want to bring in Jake Hanley, Managing Director of Portfolio Strategies at Tecrium Trading. Jake, uh, you know, I, I teased into the break that you think headline inflation is going to remain uh, sticky. As I look at this kind of divergent price activity, you've got the ES holding well below the DEEs highs. You've got the TNX right on the DEEs lows. I mean, maybe uh, stock traders are somewhat uh, skeptical as well. Yeah, I think that's good. Good morning, Ben, and it's nice to be back with you. Um, yeah, headline inflation is likely going to remain sticky for one simple reason, and that is that there's still too much money chasing too few goods. We take the Milton Friedman definition of inflation here, okay? And to point to the facts, going back to April of 2020, M1 is up more than four times. So we've seen a 4X increase in M1, and for the viewers, that is money in your checking account and your on-demand savings account. So that's money that's ready to be spent today. That's M1. At the same time, going back to April of 2020, our crude oil inventories are down 28%. Our grain inventories are down 58%. Mm. Okay, so when we talk about headline inflation, that includes food and energy. And so when you have that much more money in checking and savings accounts and fewer goods, um, that's a recipe for higher prices, at least inflationary pressures to the upside. And you think, again, that it's going to take a while for the Fed to beat down inflation, uh, that uh, two primary goals right now, those instruments, interest rates, QT, I mean, ultimately, uh, it's, it's going to take some time using those tools to get it there. Yeah, I think that's right, Ben. You know, it, it's good to see inflation rates moving in the right direction. Um, I think perhaps the easy part is done. And I point to the fact that interest rates, when you raise interest rates, what you're really doing there is slowing down the money multiplier effect. You're discouraging new borrowing, right? So that helps decrease the speed that money's created in the system. Uh, but it doesn't do anything to take out the money that is already in the system. Now, QT does that, right? Quantitative tightening removes money from the system. But that's banking system money. That's not money coming out of my checking account or, or your savings account, right? The only way the government can take that money out, the money that's in your checking and savings account, is by raising taxes. And so a big fear that I have personally is that we're gonna be seeing um, folks talking about raising taxes in a dramatic way if inflation doesn't mm. come back down. Talk to us about wages, because uh, at the top of the show, we mentioned uh, or kind of chalked up part of this rally that we saw this week to uh, kind of residual from the data we saw last week, the non-farm payrolls. But uh, it really seemed like investors were cheering on that wages component. Yeah, it's, you know, it's good to see wages going up. That's that's fantastic. I look at the labor force participation rate. We are still one full percentage point below where we were prior to the pandemic from labor force participation, excuse me. Um, and that equates to 5.7 million jobs. Now, if you take the average uh, single person earnings, salary earnings in the, this country, multiplied by 5.7 million, that suggests another $89 billion in wages. Uh, and that's getting us back to the labor force participation rate that we saw um, at, before the pandemic. Now, wages don't concern me as much as an inflationary pressure uh, for a simple reason that when somebody is earning a wage, that means they're producing something, they're, they're working. Um, and when you're producing something, you're adding to the supply component of the inflation equation. So that's good. And the other part is the money is already in the system. Again, M1 is four times higher than it was in April of 2020. And so that money is already sloshing around. 
Talk to us a little bit about what we should be looking for here. I mean, uh, ultimately, what all this means for equities and how this market has been so headline-driven. I mean, it really has investors on the edge of their seats. It seems like we, we focus on one data point, and then it's immediately right on to the next. And as we turn the corner here into the new week, it's going to be earnings and fourth quarter results. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. It's really challenging, I think, for any trader uh, to be trying to trade when good news is bad news and bad news is good news. Yeah, or even as you're pointing out, you know, bonds and stocks are both moving the same direction yeah. still. That's that's a tough environment to operate in. And I thought Sean did a great job in the last segment pointing out that the loan loss reserves are telling us that the banks are anticipating a slowdown yeah. in the economy. Yeah. Okay. So as interest rates come up, that puts pressures on multiples. All right, and we need earnings to to um, to be good to justify those multiples. Um, it doesn't look like the banks are anticipating that, so I think it takes a while for this to play out. But longer term, I see uh, headwinds for the equity markets, markets for sure, um, and volatility continuing in the commodity markets. And I'll just say, you know, we had some uh, reports yesterday in, in the food markets that show that corn and, and soybean supplies are still very low domestically. That's going to put upward inflation pressures on, on food. Um, and as you look at that, you have to sit back and, and point to the fact that the headline number mm -hmm. that everybody is focused on right now is potentially going to uh, continue to stay lofty. Jake, what stood out in that WASI report yesterday? Uh, the drought effects that we had last year. Um, you know, a lot of folks were pointing to the fact that the drought was was pretty bad, uh, but it surprised everybody to see that the USDA reduced the acreage harvested in, in the corn and soybean um, you know, categories the way that they did. And so we're operating with lower supplies than we thought uh, just a couple days before. Again, that creates volatility and volatility creates opportunity. I will say it's, it's kept our traders busy. Hmm. Uh, we launched a new strategy last December, a long short strategy. Uh, you know, the ticker is uh, OAIA. And having a long short strategy with markets this volatile hopefully can help investors uh, potentially profit regardless of the market trend. Uh, as I look, I just want to point out, uh, I did see that in your notes, you mentioned that uh, uh, in terms of watching for some of these commodities while grain prices, keep an eye on uh, weather, South Africa, you noted, U.S. weather as well. And you pointed how grain production is going to be key to keep a lid on some of these food prices that we've seen, the increases thereof. Always appreciate you joining us. Jake Hanley, thanks for sharing part of your Friday morning with us, Managing Director, Senior Portfolio thanks, Strategist. Thanks to you, Jake, at Tecrium Trading.